What up, Long Beach? Hope you and yours are healthy and happy right now. We're back for another episode of the LB Fee Show. Hopefully, a little bit of a distraction and a lot of information. As always, this bi-weekly conversation about Long Beach State Athletics is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and approximately six feet to my right, Mike Arabasia. It's like three feet. I wish it was six feet. Don't spoil the illusion, I'm Mike. So, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, six feet to JJ's right. I'm Mike Gardavasio. This show obviously featuring Long Beach State Athletic Director Andy Fee. Andy, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, how are we doing? We're hanging in. I guess we got to <laughs> rethink our colloquial welcomes because, hey, how's it going? How you yeah, been? Yeah, yeah. Really right. doesn't encompass much of anything anymore i was driving around to the um i was doing a story for the long beach post i was driving around to the lbusd schools are giving out free meals to all the kids one through 18 i was driving around and i was struggling with that same thing i was like what do I, I always said what's up to these people and it's like well we all know what's up right shocker <laughs> yeah so andy what's your what's your job what's your day i mean like, what are <laughs> we you doing time stamp it we've been doing a lot of podcasts recently we've yeah, been time stamping them all p- it's 3 40 p.m on tuesday afternoon things are changing very quickly all information contained Yes, here's the disclaimer. All information contained in this podcast is accurate as of 3.42 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon. Obviously, stay tuned to the Long Beach State Athletics uh, social media, as well as the 562s for updates. Uh, please don't listen to this and assume that everything, if you're listening yeah. to it in a week, things might have changed, obviously. But Andy, uh, you made the joke with me when you guys shut down last week. You might be counting hats. Um, what, what are you doing like day to day? What is life like for you right now? Well, uh, counting hats might be uh, some a joyous uh, occasion. <laughs> uh, first world problems. Uh, you know, for, for us and, and my uh, executive team, it's been mostly planning meetings because um, we have shut down athletic operations, which folks probably are, are well aware of. Uh, the campus has um, put into place a, uh, a no-practice uh, edict, so to speak. So we are not practicing, we're not competing, uh, but we are going to school. And when I say going to school, I mean virtually going to school. Uh, so we've been trying to work with our student-athletes because many of them have gone home um, and will be still attending school and the virtual uh, World Wide Web, but uh, it's it's trying to figure out who's moving out, who's staying here. We have international student athletes trying to get their I-20s signed. Uh, all these little things that you don't really think about, and then suddenly all the little things need to be done while someone's trying to get out of here within 24 hours. Right. So, well, so let's back it up to last week, Tuesday, about an hour before you guys were going to host the first rounds of the Big West Women's Basketball Tournament. The Big West made the decision, which now seems like a very small period in time. No doubt. That the whole country was on, that it was like, we're going to have the tournament, but with no spectators. You guys actually played what I think was the first game in the country that was held without spectators. The women's basketball team played Cal Poly. Uh, I think, I know uh, Roger, producer Roger and Andy and I were all there. I think we all were in agreement, the weirdest thing we've ever seen. <laughs> very, very odd. And to think that was a week ago, it feels like a year ago to me, to be quite honest. Yes. And it was very bizarre. We had... Um, been thinking about it obviously for for days and president conley and i had spoken with the big west office and we had specifically said even on monday jokingly said well if we're not going to play tomorrow we kind of need to know today because 
we have teams, we have fans, we have all kinds of mm-hmm. things. And you have people traveling in, but traveling and, in. And to be clear, you guys were hosting it, but it's the Big West event. So you Correct. and President Connolly are sort of like, hey, could you guys let us know if we're telling everyone don't come to the pyramid, or Correct. if we're telling everyone here's how you buy tickets to the pyramid. And that's and that's how those decisions are made. So uh, even Tuesday morning, I was still under the impression that we would have fans. Um, you know, we. We felt that we could have social distancing in in the pyramid. Uh, we, we you know we weren't going to hit capacity, so we figured we could spread people out um, and uh, still provide a safe environment with what we thought at the time. Uh, but uh, well, early... I texted I texted JJ a picture. I mean, that had been the plan close to the game enough that there were signs out to that extent that were like, "Don't sit in this seat. Don't sit in this seat." Right. Um, and that was it, I think it was something like an hour and a half, two hours before the game that the decision actually came down. Okay. No one's going to be allowed in except for the players, the refs, you know, game personnel and the media basically. Yeah. I mean, at two thirty, I got a heads up that it was going to happen. And then it was kind of trying to sort out within half an hour, how the heck we were going to communicate it because at three o'clock the conference office was going to put out the press release and, and notify for everybody. For a 4 p.m. tip off. So it uh, it made for interesting times to say the least, uh, and you know we've got a great staff, and so we we we, we made our way through it. Uh, not ideal because whether it was uh, our team that wouldn't advance or Cal Poly, it's just as we've talked about, it's tough to to end your career before a non-existent yeah, not audience. Yeah, having your mom and, and dad there, or your your friends, or yeah. you know, your friends from the men's, at least the men's basketball team was there to, you know, kind of see him and everything. Well, but. at that point, did you guys feel that that was going to be the peak of the inconvenience, or whatever you want to call it? I mean, at that point, with information coming from the, uh, from the conference, first and foremost, were you thinking, this is just the beginning of a lot of bad news for a lot of people? Well, they made the announcement that in conjunction with no fans at the women's tournament, that the, the men's tournament would would not have fans. So I kind of figured, well, we'll get through the weekend okay. with this. You know, I think okay. we thought that too, especially when we woke up on Thursday deciding wh- how yeah. and if we were going yeah, to go uh, to Anaheim. We woke up Thursday, we texted, okay, we'll probably leave about 4.30, get there, have a little food, you know? Yeah, so again, um, very fast acting. I, I, I At one point, um, I had gotten enough kind of... Um, text messages and questions and so I, I I called Coach Munson and they were either getting on the court or getting ready to go to shoot around and I told them hey you know this is just for you know you because I don't want to uh, freak anybody out and I don't have ultimate confirmation but I'm worried that they're going to pull the plug on the tournament and he was like well what do you mean pull the plug on the tournament I said pull the plug on the tournament like you're coming home and an hour right and it's done and it's done and um that's a really weird scenario too because again we had thought and especially you know i guess when you get to game day you kind of feel like it's going to happen like of course you do and and operating in a world that is uncharted it's difficult to think about those things because typically you'd say well if they were going to cancel it because you know, the ice melted, well, so be it, right? We know that. It's well in advance, and those right. things aren't going to change by the hour or by the minute. Th- things were happening in the time it would take you to fly from LAX to Louisiana. Correct. That's how fast things were changing. I mean, the dirtbags took off from LAX early morning on Thursday, and by the time they landed, 
they were already looking for return flights because the series had been canceled and you guys had already heard rumblings that the conference was going to at least suspend, if not cancel the spring sports. So the night before I talked a couple of times with coach Valenzuela and we kind of went back and forth, you know, should we go? Should we not go? Um, Ultimately, I want to provide teams opportunities to compete for championships. And uh, this was a conference or a non-conference series that uh, I felt uh, in a perfect world, if we could get through a season, would, would make a difference. It could, could be the difference between hosting a regional and not hosting a regional. So I, I made the decision to, to put the team on the plane. Um, I had talked with Coach and, and the players he, you know, he had communicated with. So they were, they, they were raring to go. So it wasn't as though I, I was forcing anybody. And certainly all week long prior and the week prior to that, we've been telling student athletes, hey, if, you, you know, if there's a situation and you're uncomfortable going to Seattle, if we were going to Seattle, you don't have to go. So student athletes and coaches and staff have, have been able to make that decision. So anyway, everyone gets on the plane and I get into another meeting. Um, and I'm just kind of going, Oh boy, this, this, this is not really it's not slowing down. It's not slowing right. down. And, and I send a text to Eric thinking, well, maybe they're connecting. I can't remember if they have a direct flight and he'll get this. I, I think I said something like, call me if you get this, um, need to talk to you as soon as possible. And then like two minutes later, he texts back and he goes, oh, I got Wi-Fi up in the airplane. And I'm like, okay, oh well, well um, I guess we're going to have a conversation here very shortly. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, by the time you land, you may be getting on another plane to head right back because uh, the conference is, is looking at uh, suspending spring competition and uh, that would include everything. Well, what was happening outside of that war room that you're talking about that you think was so influential in the conference's decision? Because at that point, like we said earlier, you guys aren't making that decision, right? The conference is making that decision for you. So where's the conference getting their information? Well, the conference makes that sort of decision with um, the executive committee. So that's the CEO. So that's the, uh, the presidents and the chancellors from each of the uh, universities and then the conference office. But... That's actually a vote of uh, the the league membership executives. Uh, so they actually make the decision, not the conference office. Uh, the conference office, when running a tournament, would be in charge of that tournament. But in terms of... Um, but they're bound by what the executive committee Correct. Does. So the vote of the executive committee uh, carries the day. So I think the CEOs, as I call them, at that point, Things were changing so rapidly, and there were so many more cases were popping up, and it was the train was just hurtling down this track of, you know, do we want um, to have our teams either traveling on the road somewhere? Um, you know, Chicago State had tra canceled travel, and um, there were other organizations which were canceling, and then you had the NBA canceling, and. Oh, you know, everyone's suddenly canceling or the, you know, it's like the dominoes, right? The yeah. first one starts to go. Well, that's what it felt like. I mean, it, it, it felt like a three day process. And one of the reasons um, I was really excited to come in and record this podcast is to kind of preserve what the feeling of those dominoes falling felt like, because in retrospect, it seems very obvious and inevitable that everything would be canceled, right? 
JJ's been watching the marble race on the beach to get his sports fix because there's nothing Who's happening. Not? Like there's nothing happening. Like my my kids' little league games have been canceled. Like there's no sports happening on any level. You can't go to 24 hour fitness and get an open run game in. So it feels inevitable. But you and I are having conversations on Thursday after the Big West tournament had been canceled where I was going, okay, and I'm still coming to the pyramid in like two hours to cover men's volleyball playing UC Santa Barbara for what basically probably would have decided an NCAA bid. I mean, these are the number four and number five teams in the country um, and looking like the teams underneath Hawaii in the Big West that would be going to the NCAA. So, you know, and you you guys released, okay, here's the the fan, um, you know, we're gonna have a limited fan number, basically just family, and there'll be social distancing in practice. And then within a couple hours of that, the Big West announcement comes out that it was like, nope, we're shutting everything down. And I think that did, did the NCAA announce that day that all championships were canceled as well? Yeah, so they so, had. So we uh, wake up Thursday, we're going to the Big West tournament, men's volleyball is hosting this, spring is going on. By the end of the day, NCAA sports are finished I for the year. Right, yes. Roger, producer Roger was at, I, I, and I think Roger made the point on social media, may have been the last NCAA game to be finished. Yeah. in America in the 2019-20 sports year. But, like, that's how – it's exactly what you said, Andy. It's the dominoes falling. It was like first this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And at no point in any of that did any of us really have certainty that it was like, well, this is what this is going to look like. This is where it's going to end up. Um, and, yeah, have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you? I mean, I'm not aware of anything in the history of the university or the country like that, basically, like that day. Never. And, you know, I think we all were trying to somehow find a way to keep going. And, you know, while it may have been uh, inevitable where we arrived, I think in retrospect, in retrospect, (laughs) at the time, I think it was, well, we can continue without fans or, you know, it was, well, we'll just make an adjustment here and we'll make an adjustment there and we'll kind of keep going. And okay, maybe basketball won't be able to go, but, you know, baseball will keep going or something of that nature. But I've never seen anything like this. I mean, the only time that I can remember anything that was somewhat even closest and and still wasn't was 9-11. And I remember um, when events were canceled around 9-11, but um, that was, and I think we talked about this, it was such a different scenario. 9-11 was our actions were in reaction to an event that had occurred and ended. Right. We are still in the event occurring. And, and possibly it, at the beginning of the event. Correct. Occurring. And it's so it's, it's, it's a vastly different, uh, you know, it's apples to oranges a little bit because you keep waiting for there to be some definitive land that you can put your feet on and go, okay, now I'll start building a foundation off of this. Every single time you try to build a foundation, it's like quicksand. And suddenly, well, what just happened? Well, this changed. So I've never seen anything like this ever, and I've never heard of anything like this ever that has affected every single sport. I mean, everybody's been impacted. I guess the only thing in theory that could still go is the Olympics, maybe, I guess. I mean, Ooh, I, would not, I don't think uh, so. But, I mean, I they, haven't, they haven't canceled it, though. They haven't they have canceled, canceled it. it. They have begun to cancel qualifying events in different countries. I mean, I, I think the USOC has started to knock a couple of different events down. And, yeah, I, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see about all that. I think the uncertainty that you just mentioned is so key. I, we've had a lot of people who are saying – 
I wish they would have just postponed the basketball tournament and, you know, maybe they could have it in July or something. And we're going, you don't understand. I mean, you guys hosted the final four for men's volleyball. You guys started working on that two years ahead of time, three years ahead of time, right? Like you can't say, Hey, uh, can we have a final four at the, at the gym in a couple of weeks? You know, like it's just, it just doesn't work that way. And with so much uncertainty, I think there could have, they could have, if they knew on Thursday last week, um, hey, this will all be done in four weeks. Maybe there is a way to postpone stuff and start planning for that, but with no clear end in sight to this stuff, the responsible thing to do is to shut it all down. Yeah, and yeah, ahead, so Jay. everybody's everybody's scrambling, right? Everybody, everybody's scrambling, and that's what the weird part is. Usually in sports, um, you can reach out to a colleague. Somebody somewhere has kind of had it happen. Hey, what what have you had? to do when an international student athlete didn't have a TOEFL score. I mean, like somebody had this kind of a tragedy on the campus. Somebody unfortunately has gone through some sort of hardship and can share best practices going through it. I mean, I think colleagues of mine, we were all reaching out to one another and just going kind of, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Not even saying like, but just like, what are you doing? This is what we're doing. And then kind of going, can we do what they're doing or can they do what we're doing? And does any of this even work that any of us are talking about? It's, it, there's so many moving parts to it as well. And I, I think, you know, I really got a real sense of um, the size of an operation when you, there's so many things that are related that sometimes you don't make the connection. What, what, yeah. what, what are some weird things that you guys have had to shut down or deal with it might, that might not occur to people who just like coming and cheering at basketball games? Well, ju- just moving forward. So now we're living in a world where we're going to do, I guess, Zoom uh, mentoring and uh, tutoring. You know, So how the heck do you do that? So where do you find tutors that can do that because not every tutor was going to say well i'll be available to do zoom tutoring so now you have to find not only tutors but tutors that can do zoom um you know the other thing is what students uh student athletes have not every student athlete not every student has a laptop per se right but now if everything is virtual you have to have it right know, i mean there's not a computer lab. I mean, you can't and come into... it's a into... public school, so if they have to have it, the university has to provide it as well, right? So I mean, we've like... we've uh, we've uh, purchased, I think, the university uh, a ton of Chromebooks with the concept of um, loaning them out to students um, who don't have access to, to a laptop or, or something so they can do their homework. But you start to think about all these things that you take for granted um, every single day, you know, physical therapy... Uh, as I mentioned, the tutoring, the, just the practices and access to your locker room because now it's closed because it has to go through a deep cleaning. And, and you know, my phone is in there or my, you know, I leave my whatever. Right. I need to time. get my books out of there. And, you know, the weight room, uh, you know, everyone's so used to just walking in there and working out. And well, what do you mean it's closed right now? And your world's kind of stopped. You know, athletes their days are so choreographed and you go from completely being choreographed to now almost no choreography at all uh, because of the online nature or virtual nature of the education. So, you know, you may not even be logging in at a time. It may just be, hey, you know, watch the the lecture and then write a five-page paper. And so, you, you know, your sense of who you are, who you're so used to, 
suddenly I think our student athletes, it's, it's a challenge for them is what do you, what do you mean? I'm not training anymore. That, well, that was a point I wanted to make because you said, you know, you had to call Dan Munson and tell him, Hey, I think the tournament might be canceled. And his response was, well, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> what do you mean the tournament might be canceled? I think obviously sports are a small part of what's concerning about what's going on in the country right now. But for everyone in this room and probably everyone listening to this, this podcast, it's an important part of our lives. And, you know, professionally or just in terms of it being your passion, you kind of organize a lot of everything around it. And you said it, everything in sports is figuring out a way to keep going. You're starting whoever just broke his leg. Okay, how are we going to figure this out? Okay, this player is not eligible. You know, what are we going to do? And everything is pointed towards that result. And when you pull the plug on it, I mean, we've felt it as sports drivers. It feels like you're running, as, especially at this time of year, it feels like you're running as fast as you can. You didn't know that there was an edge of a cliff there. <laughs> and you go out over the edge of the cliff, and your feet are still working as fast as they can. And suddenly you realize, like, wait, we're not going anywhere. Like, right. what, what is, what's happening right now? It's just, it's the strangest experience I've ever had, for sure. You've got to be counting on a lot of different people as well. It's an old sports cliche. A team is only as strong as its weakest link. Like, you got to be counting on people that you didn't even think you'd be talking to at this time of year. And that brings us perfectly to what we've been doing the last few weeks is the unsung heroes of the department. So through all of this craziness and through all of the scrambling, is there a group of people that you think that you've seen have really stepped up and actually had to deal with this in a way that really their job title <laughs> never told them to? Yeah, you know, again, I, I, I'd like to thank everybody uh, who's been uh, working over the last week, two weeks. But one group I think it's really important to acknowledge is our Bickerstaff Academic Center. And those are the folks that help our student athletes uh, academically. And that's whether it's signing up for classes, arranging for tutors, uh, providing overall counseling. I mean, there's just so many factors. And suddenly having to uh, work with a student population that you know 99% of those student athletes are gonna come there with an issue related to attending some sort of function on our campus. Well, now you have to help transition those students from face-to-face -face instruction to virtual instruction, which has a, a couple of different areas, uh, but you know, as many people would think, online for, for the most part. And it sounds easy, but it's not really easy. Um, not every student has gone through online um, coursework before, and it's very different. Well, um, JJ and I were to age ourselves. We were in college for the last year that phone that class registration happened over the phone, which means we were also here for the first year that it happened on the computer. And yet, it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> because well, we neither said, of them were easy because it's right. registering for classes, which right. isn't supposed to be but, easy. But my point is, anytime you do anything new, because the internet was not new at the time that we were doing that, anytime you do something new, you're going to come up with issues that, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be some kids who find out, hey, I'm not as good at typing as I thought that I was, right? I mean, it's just everything's different when you completely change the way that it's being done. And yeah, that's definitely, that's not what the Bicker Staff Center staff signed up to do. They weren't here. They, they didn't get, they didn't interview with the idea. You weren't asking questions saying, so are you ready to completely digitize, digitize the educational experience? You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you have the factor of, now many of our student athletes have gone home so if you're working in the academic area before you could say hey andy meet me in my office at four we're going to go over you know signing up for classes for fall or hey let's go talk about this chemistry class that you're in 
suddenly it's can we zoom meeting i guess or can i facetime you or people you know (laughs) yeah what time is it where you are um so i think one thing that has really impacted them is it's a completely different change of business so you know again it sounds easy to just say well you'll convert to online and away you go and there won't be any problems but um, you know, whether it's time zone differences, uh, whether it's people succeeding in a, in a different modality, you know, some people are going to probably be fine. And some people are really going to be like, well, this is really different. I've never had. And now I got to go through it for four or five classes. It's not just one online class. I'm for three months. I'm yeah. doing all of this. And it can be a little overwhelming if you're if you're not really um, kind of programmed to that modality. Not that uh, we have to overcome things, but. I think, you know, the Bickerstaff Center has done a great job. They've been very flexible, and as always, they put the student-athletes first, and I'm very comfortable that our student-athletes will be in a position to succeed, even if it's in a different world, the virtual world. Um, I'm, I'm really thankful and lucky um, as an athletic director to have folks like uh, Sandra Shirley and, and uh, Tamika Spivey and everybody else over there who's who's gone above and beyond over the last couple of weeks. They're going to have to continue to live in a new model because, and I think this is the number one question that both student athletes and fans were asking once the dust kind of settled after last weekend. This is the bargaining stage of grief, JJ. Was the, uh, (laughs) you know, if they're not going to play this year, what happens to the kids who are counting on this year? And we're talking about the seniors first and foremost, but we're also talking about every other student athlete who just loses a year of eligibility. So NCAA eligibility, I know right now because some coaches, including Alan Knight here on campus, have been tweeting out the updates that they're getting from the NCAA. So what are you hearing from the NCAA about eligibility and how they're going to have to change the rules? They're just going to have to. Yeah, so they came out and essentially said that uh, they would be finding a way um, to replace eligibility for those that competed uh, in the spring sports uh, so, so that would be kind of your baseball, softball. There's fall, winter, and spring. So these are the, the spring sports. And, you know, they use the term all Division One student-athletes. Now, I don't know if that truly means all, meaning if you were a freshman on a team or a senior on your team, you're going to get a plus one. I don't know if it means when they really knuckle down, it's going to be just the seniors who get the extra year back. But to be fair, they probably don't know yet either, right? Well, I don't think so. No, I don't think anyone knows. I think, I think that the NCAA was smart to come out and say, hey, we hear, we hear everyone, all the college baseball players, all the college track athletes, well, softball players. D2, D3 college saying, athletes are thinking very differently right yeah, now. Yeah, but, I, but I, I think it was smart to say, we hear what you're saying. Your, your college career is not over, right? Like, hang on. Don't make any decisions yet. Don't book the ticket to Spain for your, you know, for your year to find yourself after college just yet. Um, we'll figure it out. But I mean, we've heard from coaches who think that there's a chance that um, they're going to remove the student component of student athlete for some people. That there will be a, an expanded scholarship cap for up to five years as everyone gains an extra year of eligibility that it would just be seniors and it would you know some people uh i saw a reporter was floating that he had a source at the ncaa suggesting it might end up applying to basketball players who miss the tournament as well i mean no one knows what it's going to be 
but we know that whatever it is will be the next batch of uh, quicksand that everyone is, is trying to operate on and, and figure out the parameters of. Of those options, Andy, what do you, what first perks your interest? What, what, what tings your ear? You're like, ooh, that might work. Everyone gets one free transfer to Long Beach State University. <laughs> we get to pick. We get to pick <laughs> whatever we want. I mean, one thing that immediately jumps out at me are seniors. I mean, it's difficult to not think of them first because their careers would be over at this point if, if, if there's not an additional year of eligibility given to to those sports. So I would like to find a solution for, and we don't know if every senior would want, some are going to graduate and just say, hey, I'm right. going on to med school or whatever. But for those that really were not ready to end their playing career, I'd like to find a way for, for those seniors to, to be able to have that, that year. Um, it opens a little bit of Pandora's box, a little slippery slope, because then I could be, um, I could see, I can see multiple arguments making sense. Uh, so one argument is you have the seniors and you give them a year back. Um, but what does that do for those that were freshmen, sophomore, and juniors this spring? Do they just lose a year? That's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could see an argument made for just giving seniors a year, mm -hmm. and I could see an argument that gives everybody in spring sports a year right. back. I think that there's so many unknowns that it's difficult even for me to sit here and say what is likely to work best. I think... Mike is correct. I think what, and I agree, I think the NCAA did the absolute right thing, which was to quickly go on record yes. to say, guys, ladies, you know, don't lose your give minds. Give us some time to figure it well, out. Well, yeah, we, we hear you. <laughs> they and don't. We, and yeah, we want to give you, we want to give you your senior campaign back. But we just don't we know how. We have no yeah. idea what that's going to look like because we've never done it. They don't usually get a unified front from all the student-athletes available. Uh, just, Correct. Uh, this is obviously not an issue that's uh, solvable. I mean, it might not be an issue that's solvable by anyone, but certainly not in the confines of this podcast. But I wanted to throw a couple other uh, buckets of quicksand into this. Today, within about an hour, the governor of Kansas said, we're shutting down all K-12 through schools through the end of the school year, and uh, everyone's, we're going to figure out a way to move everyone through. The governor of Florida said within an hour of that, we're going to shut down schools probably for the rest of the school year. Everyone gets to stay in the grade that they're in. So you want to talk Parents about... Parents can choose to keep their <laughs> child in the grade they're in. I think that's an important distinction right. because some people's lives do go on. Well, yeah. but you, I mean, from an athletic perspective, you know, you want to think about a, a bucket of quicksand. I, we had a, a, a basketball player in Southern California tweet it out today, and I don't think realizing the firestorm uh, he was going to do, he's at a private school not far from Long Beach, he said... Um, in light of the recent events, I'm reclassifying to the, he was a senior, I'm reclassifying to the class of 2022. Um, I'll see everybody next year, you know? And it was just like, boy, this, no one has any idea what this is gonna look like from any no, one of any number of perspectives. Um, and I guess that is why we will have to keep doing the LBF show <laughs> for as long as we are not locked down in the city of Long Beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because, Andy, as we were talking about the student experience, the student athlete experience, there's there's no more regular student athlete experience. For at least the next year, possibly the next four years, it's all going to be brand new. As an athletic director, you know, do, do you, I don't know, what do you think is the first key right now to making sure that those decisions down the road, I guess, affect less people? Is that, is that the goal, to try to limit the damage or to try to make it fair for everybody? Well... 
imperfect or not, not only is the NCAA going to have to address this eligibility question, but they're going to have to answer the transfer question, which is going to potentially affect the eligibility question and then throw in name image likeness. And I mean, you've got three singularly, three you know, once in a lifetime. Type yeah. I mean, name image, I, I chuckle <laughs> back to when I said, Oh, it's really going to be problematic with this name image likeness. And now I'm going, well, we thought that, that we thought that I believe on that. I believe on that podcast, we were talking about what a huge deal that was going to be. And also how uh, frustrating the parking situation was at Long Beach. State. Yeah. I, I just would give anything to go back to right, I know. my brain with those matters. You know, the good old <laughs> days. Right. So, uh, you know, to, to answer your question, JJ, you know, I'm not really sure because, again, these are all somewhat equal in importance, and I'm not sure which goes first. I, I do think um, that the eligibility and the um, the transfer questions are going to have to be addressed much more quickly because right. they're they're going to be coming up. And those, well, people have to make decisions, too. Right. I mean, am I gonna, everyone coaches have to make decisions, yeah. recruits have to make decisions, yeah, am I gonna, and players have to make decisions. Am I gonna decisions. come back for my senior year or am I going on to law school right. or something, right? Um, and then the but and I then, think if I can just even pull it out from there, I mean, coaches have to think about. I mean, I, I've been in every coach's office, I think, on this campus, they've all got a whiteboard with what this year's team looks like, what next year's team looks like, right? The year after that, and the coaches are thinking about that, the current seniors are thinking about that. If you're a recruit that's been talking to a coach here in the spring, you have an idea of where on the four-by-one relay or where on the men's volleyball team you're playing next year, and that might be changing. So, I mean, it just feels like... Oh, it's definitely changing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it just feels like, I, I mean, I think people who don't... People who just enjoy the games might not understand, like, top to bottom, this is going to require everyone to rethink everything, basically. Yeah, and that's what's really unique is um, and is frustrating for probably a lot of people out there listening is the NCAA sometimes is this monolithic, just slow chugging along, doesn't seem to make things very nimble on its feet, which sometimes is a good thing. But now it's a challenge because we don't have the luxury of time and we're months away from hopefully the, the, the fall semester starting, you know, summer is going to be here and hopefully summer evaluations, whether you're a basketball coach or, or otherwise. And, you know, you don't have this, okay, well, we'll kick the can down the road. There is no time to kick the can down the road. So whether it's the uh, transfer policy or the eligibility policy around spring sports, it, they're going to play huge uh, components to whatever we do moving forward. So you're basically waiting on word from the NC2A. Yeah, so we, we've been already reaching out, um, our compliance staff, we, we, we had Erica in our compliance office reach out to the NCAA to even just get some initial thoughts, um, and you know we're waiting for some answers, but um, this is kind of a waiting game a little bit. Um, I, I'm hoping uh, we, now that we, we do have time and we, we can do a lot of things remotely from our homes and uh, in terms of legislation and NCAA, that that we don't put things off here. So, I hope that uh, uh, President Emirat comes up with a concept of what he thinks something should look like, and whether he puts together a committee, an ad hoc committee, similar to what name, image, and likeness was for eligibility. I think it's really important, and I think it's important that we realize that we're going to have to probably do some things that. 
we never thought we might have to. Uh, we're in a different world, um, all of us, in almost everything that we talk about on a day-to-day -day basis now that I would have never thought was that important or is important suddenly has changed. So uh, in terms of what we're doing, the waiting game is, is unfortunately the name of the game, but we're happy to participate and hopefully we'll be able to have some, uh, some voice in what happens. Well, stay tuned to the website, longbeachstate.com, and obviously the 562.org, where you're going to find coverage of all Long Beach sports, a.k.a. all Long Beach sports news that's coming out over the next few weeks as we keep you updated on the news from organizations like the NC2A, CIF State, stuff like that. Obviously, you've got to pay attention to everything nowadays, but you know you're going to get your sports coverage there. Uh, before we wrap this podcast up, Andy, we wanted to make sure that we kind of got back to a little bit of normalcy, right? <laughs> At the end of the LB Fee Show, we always do recommendations and we usually do food recommendations, but now, since everybody's going to be stuck inside, Prison wine. they're going to be looking for things to do, <laughs> I think it might be good to do some TV recommendations, maybe a Netflix, a Hulu, an Amazon Prime, an HBO show that you think LB Nation should be checking out as they try to... Uh, you don't want to recommend favorite crowds to gather in? No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, as they try to get back to, uh, you know, get back to enjoying their time. What should they be enjoying their time with when they're stuck inside right now? Well, I thought I would you know, go with the easy answer of Law and Order seasons one through twenty-seven. But, Sweet, but I'm <laughs> not gonna. Dumb. I'm not gonna go with the easy answer. That, that's a, no, that's a that's a man who has a, a really realistic grasp on exactly how big this disruption might be. Well, yeah. then you've got SVU. <laughs> then you've got Criminal Intent with my guy D'Onofrio. We're I hoping mean, it's just the, the original yeah. twenty-six seasons. So I'm gonna go with the optimistic. Um, recommendation and, and one I actually watched last night in and out of dozing so I need to watch it again but it's a documentary on Netflix called Cue Ball and it's about uh, San Quentin State Prison and uh, a basketball team that they have up there that are the Warriors and they've done some work with the Warriors um, and it's a really interesting look into the lives of those members of uh, the team, the, the the state prison team. And then also what I found interesting was there's a league, and the league, the opponents come to play at San Quentin. They play on the actual black tops that the prisoners are on, and it yes. was really interesting to me. So, But some really interesting stories, some hooping, so if you have a little, <laughs> little yeah, itch, itch for some basketball. It's more than a little itching. It, uh, <laughs> it's a full-body rash at this point. It, it, it was a really good story. So cue ball. Uh, is the name of the documentary, and uh, I think people will uh, would really enjoy it. Oof. Refereeing a basketball game at San Quentin. I mean, Big West refs eat your heart out. <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, what's your rate? What's your going rate for that game? Yeah, <laughs> really. Can you pay anyone enough to try to uh, make sure that thing is civil? I, I'm not sure. I mean, are you fouling any of the prisoners? I, I don't think I'm fouling them. I don't no. think, I don't think so. I'm, no. I think I'm going Olay defense. Like, yeah. go, let me <laughs> I, Yeah, I'm, I am straight up in the key every single right. time. Right, right. You, you're, you're in for tax fraud? That's a hard thing. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. What, um, what you got, Mike? What should people be watching? Um, well, now, I mean, Andy makes a great point with the SVU thing so i feel a little bit inadequate but i was going to say uh, this season of curb your enthusiasm uh has been my favorite in in several years we've really been loving it uh season finale i think's on sunday so you've got plenty of time to binge the first nine episodes but i feel bad now like it's th it's uh what is it? it's like five hours or something that's uh -huh. not you know what i mean like what's that five hours it's not even get me through thursday you know? <laughs> well for those of you out there who don't have hbo that is actually available on plex right now so oh, make nice. sure you get nice, plex nice, nice. as well uh, my Everyone recommendation needs to make everything free. 
Yeah. I mean, Oof, like, throw the stuff out. You, you saw that they're talking about doing that with, like, Universal is going to release, like, movies that were going to the theater you'll be able to get at home or whatever. I'm yep. just saying, like, the economy is going to be drastically reformed. And if I were a big studio company, I would be trying to gather as much goodwill to my bosom as possible right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Mine is on Hulu. It's called The Accident. It's actually a show from uh, from England. And I just want to shout out all UK content. Oh, yeah. When my wife and I went over to Ireland for our honeymoon, we spent a lot of the time exploring new shows that we had never heard of, that we didn't know the plot of or anything. But they were all wildly entertaining. So if you can find UK content, there's actually a lot of it on Hulu. The Accident using a VPN or what? is or a great place to start. No, it's like it's just regular. they just have it. It's just the, the IP is, is Hulu. So they just have all of the BBC stuff, the Channel 4 stuff that they run on primetime. Primetime TV in over in the UK is a little bit different than primetime TV in America. Uh, and it's a, it's a good little edification. And the accident is a good place to start. So if you have a recommendation of a show that you should be – oh, first of all, let me shout this out. And I think we said this on another show. If you haven't seen Sopranos yet, get on it. If you haven't seen Sopranos and you're not using this time to watch Sopranos, you're doing it wrong. Sopranos specifically? Specifically. Yeah. All right. I yes. agree. Sure. I concur. Right? Sure. Come on, guys. Yeah, I was thinking of showing Vincent Godfather. You know, I mean... Too early? He's six. <laughs> well, we got to prepare him for the real world now, James. That's right. <laughs> you know? Things are changing. I mean, he doesn't have... He doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have class school anymore. He's got to have some kind of schooling, you know? We are going to be back <laughs> in two weeks to give you another episode of the LB Fee Show. No matter what, bang the table, robble, robble. Uh, hopefully, we'll have good news. Hopefully, we'll have any news whatsoever. But I know for sure we're it'll be sp- entertaining. We're going to spend we'll- five months previewing women's soccer. Yeah, maybe right. we'll do... <laughs> Maybe we'll do some previews, some reviews. Maybe we'll do a little Scott Van Pelt, give some yeah. of these teams uh, the the proper exit that they deserved yes. as much as we possibly can. We, we have a lot to talk about with this spring season that was going to be, I think, a really memorable season here. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to, at a more appropriate time on the next episode, exactly. reminiscing about that. A there bit. will be a time to fill these hours. We will be there with you. So thank you to producer Roger, Andy Fee, everybody at Long Beach State. Obviously, check out the stuff at the562.org, and we will be sure talking to you on our social media channels as well. About something. So stay healthy. (laughs) Take care, Long Beach. We'll talk to you soon.